This is the Leverage Advantage, sharing expert lessons on marketing, strategy, and teams to scale your business with your host, Fazil Musa. Hey guys, welcome back to the Leverage Advantage show. Today we've got a very special guest with us. Um, I'm very honored, very grateful, um, very humbled to have Linda Singh with us. And she is the founder of Sitara Collections, an online jewelry store launched in 2007. Now, Linda's also the owner of the Bay Gift Vault, a specialty, specialty boutique that opened in the summer of 2017 and is a partner of Ascent Beauty Brands. It's a marketing consultancy firm specializing in marketing strategy, business development, and global product development. I'd love to share with you a lot more about Linda, but the best way would be for her to share a little bit about her story. Linda, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you, Fazil, for that introduction. And to elaborate a bit, um, you know, before moving to the southeastern shore of Maryland, which is where I'm located now, I grew up in the Midwest. And at uh, around the age of 24, I moved over to Philadelphia and eventually New York City, where I stayed for over a decade, working my way up the corporate ladder and marketing. I marketed fragrances for a beauty company, but eventually I'd had enough of my career. I always knew that I wanted to be an entrepreneur, and I actually started to feel a little burnt out from the fast pace and the long hours of the corporate marketing world. And, you know, I've had the opportunity to travel extensively, and I had been to India a number of times, and I fell in love with the gorgeous and somewhat exotic jewelry that I found. And I really loved it, and I felt that other women would also love the different pieces, too. So that got me starting to think about, you know, turning an idea of bringing handmade, artisan-made jewelry from India to the United States and making a business out of it. And since I had many years of bringing products into the world in my marketing career, I felt that I could make a go at it. Um, you know, from fine tuning the designs, designing the website, and all of the other steps involved in bringing a business to life. It took more hours than I had ever worked in my life, but I have no doubt it was worth every second and the effort that I put into it. So that's really the focus of what I do in my day in, day out. And the Bay Gift Vault is a retail store in Crisfield, Maryland, that features the Sitara Collections jewelry. And unfortunately, I couldn't call it Sitara because I didn't think the people here would really understand what that meant. And so I called it the Bay Gift Vault. We're on the Chesapeake Bay, and it works really well. So yeah, so that's this, that's my uh, beginning. Awesome. Um, I think what's really fascinating about your story is that, you know, in 2007, you, you set up the Sitara Collection selling jewelry online. And I, that, I think there are a couple things that, that I'm, I'm particularly fascinated about that, right? The first thing is to, th to think that people would buy jewelry online, uh, you know, in 2007, more than, about, more than a decade ago, is even today, um, something that people grapple with, you know, it's jewelry feels like something, you know, um, the customers will want to touch, they'll want to put on, they'll want to see how, how it looks on them. And, and the other thing that I think is so exciting about, about the Sitara collection is that 
if you can sell jewelry online to anybody in the world, or I mean, as, as we in, in marketing say, to, to your target avatar all over the world, you know, the amount of leverage you have is incredible. So I, I'd love to, to understand a little bit more about um, how you, you came about with the Sitara collection and, and, and what were some of the biggest challenges that you faced in, in building that business? Sure. So, well, one of the biggest, starting a business is never easy. It takes a lot of hard work, a lot of effort. It hasn't been a smooth road by any stretch of the imagination. And there are always many obstacles along the way. And one of my most unexpected obstacle was definitely how much it costs to start and continue to run a business, which to be honest with you, I greatly underestimated. Um, but that's neither here nor there because a lot of things nowadays on the internet world can be done for relatively low cost. Um, you know, when I started back in 2007, I had to hire somebody to design my initial website, hire somebody to write a press release, and I spent a lot of money getting it out into um, the, the press. And now when I look at those type of expenses. You can have a Shopify store for $29 a month. You can write a press release and have it sent out for under $100. So the cost of doing business has changed thanks to the internet. Um, but I think when you have an internet business and you're trying to sell things that people like to touch and feel, you need a story. You have to have a story to tell that's compelling. And you need to really resonate with your target audience. And in order to resonate with your target audience, I think you have to really know who your target audience is. You can't just wing it anymore. And for me, it was doing some market research, not right at the beginning, but after I got a few hundred customers on my site who had purchased to really find out what they were looking for, what their demographics were, and put it all together along with the story. And I think from a marketing point of view, if you don't have a compelling story, people will move on to the next website pretty quickly. And could, can you share a little bit about that target demographic, that target profile of your ideal customer or what you found based on your market research, um, if, it's, if it's not too confidential? And, and if you could also share a little bit about what was it about your story um, that got them interested and excited about the Sitara collection? Sure. So I think having an understanding of who your customer is is very critical. And, you know, I did some market research. Yeah. It was about a year into the business. And we continue to do market research on a regular basis to stay on top of who the customer is. I think that's really important. We use surveys and we use Facebook, and I drive them to the survey via email. So they're very engaged customers that are taking the survey. And everyone wants to, everyone thinks their captive target are millennials. However, what's interesting is I found out that we had a very strong base of older consumers who had disposable income. And the good thing about that is, not that many people are really spending the time to market to older consumers. Now, we also market to consumers age 25 to 45, 
but our sweet spot is actually 45 and older. And, um, you know, when it comes to the story, I think our story is having a measure of respect for the artisans that I work with and India, which is where my product comes from. So we donate a portion of each sale to the Helping Children Succeed Foundation. That's a nonprofit that currently supports schools in India. And I like to say it's our way of adding a little love and equality to every purchase. Um, you know, it's a, the school that we support in particular is an after-school program that supplements the Indian children's education. So it ties back in to the brand DNA and it differentiates us from all the rest of the jewelry companies out there that are doing the same thing, you know, bringing artisan jewelry from Guatemala or Peru or India. You know, we're, we're working with real artisans that we know by name and we're giving back to the communities that we are bringing these treasures from. But then we have a school aspect of it that we actually built ourselves. So there's a real authenticity involved in the story as well. I love it. I absolutely love it. And, you know, the more I talk to entrepreneurs all over the world, the more I realize or the more it's reinforced that the most successful businesses in the world all have one thing, at the very least, one thing in common. And they understand that ideal customer intimately. They understand their psychology. They understand, obviously, their demographic. They understand where they hang out online and offline, their fears, their frustrations, their unmet needs. And, you know, the success of, of your business is no different. Um, I think... I mean, I love that story. And I think the other thing I glean from it is this, um, Linda, is that, you know, a lot of people might, might feel um, that having that community, um, that giving back to the community element uh, might, might cut into their margins. But I think what they don't realize is actually because that people value um, that contribution. And oftentimes, um, it actually allows companies to charge a premium for, for, for what their, um, for, 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 for their products. Um, you know, what, what are your thoughts about that? Then? Well, I mean, in our case, because we don't have any middleman between ourselves and the artisans, and we pay our artisans fair wages, our product costs are very low and our prices to the consumer are reasonable. They're affordable for most women to be able to purchase them. So, you know, when I take a look at, do we want to add a premium so that we can cover the costs of giving back? Some companies may, um, depending on their cost structure. Some may have to work with middlemen or distributors. And if that's the case, you have to go with what the market can bear but I wanted to offer a affordable product and still do good in the world and give back to the community. So it's different for every single business and there's no cookie cutter approach to it. I love it, doing well by doing good. Um, what, what then excites you the most about your industry in general, not just the, not, not just, um, the business of, 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 of jewelry, but just the, the marketing industry in general? Well, you know, marketing is a fascinating industry. And, you know, pr my prior career was marketing fragrances. 
So you were selling an idea of looking good and having this romantic life as all perfume images have, right? You're going to have a celebrity lifestyle if you wear Beyonce's perfume. So marketing tells a great story. And in marketing jewelry, you're marketing to aspirations. People are buying jewelry because they want to look and feel better. And they want to present that they're fashionable, that they're trendy, that they're, you know, stylish. And jewelry does that much like perfume does. And, you know, there's been a big move of people buying online. Now, online sales are still a very small percentage of total retail sales, but as more and more moves online, um, I think that has both helped and hurt retailers. Consumers want experiences, and a lot of retailers need to really understand that experience and the customer's service is so important. And, you know, my jewelry is unique. It's custom-made. So you're not buying a piece that somebody down the street is going to have and you're not going to be going to the restaurant and seeing somebody else wear it. And I think that's kind of critical. Find a point of differentiation that sets you apart. And, you know, when you, when you think about marketing, there's a lot of different aspects of marketing. There's social media marketing, there's public relations to get exposure and brand awareness, and there's... You know, I do a lot of email marketing. I post consistently on Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter. Those are all aspects of marketing that develop brand relationships and awareness. And you have to be in it for the long haul. There's no shortcuts. There's no such thing as it turns on a dime. It takes a long time to build a brand, and I'm building a brand from scratch and we're 11 years into it, and, you know, it's still a work in process. Awesome. And here, here's the thing, you know, I, I, believe, I believe in living life with no regrets. But if you were to have your time again, right, what would you do differently? I think I would have started earlier. I would have had the guts to take a risk to leave my corporate job earlier, go out on my own. It has been so fulfilling. Yes, it's been a lot of really hard work, no bones about it. But I would have, I wish I had taken the risk much earlier when I was a little younger um, so that I'd have more time. I mean, I'm still young, don't get me wrong, but I wish I had left the corporate world a lot younger, like maybe 10 years prior to when I did. Awesome. And so if people want to find out more about what you do uh, and more about you, really, where, where can they go? How can they find out more? So I would direct them to my LinkedIn profile first and foremost, because I have everything about me on my LinkedIn profile, including contact information. And my Sitara Collections website is sitarracollections.com. Do you need me to spell that out for you? That's Maybe. okay. We've got it. We've got it. We'll put it up on the details. Okay. Yeah. Well, those would be the best two places. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, Linda. I mean, I've learned a lot and I know the audience is going to get so much from, from today's interview. Thank you so much. We're really humble, very honored, very grateful that you chose to invest your time uh, with us here at the Leverage Advantage Show. Fantastic. And thank you for giving me this opportunity as well. It's been a, a real pleasure. 
You've been listening to The Leverage Advantage. If you're wanting to take yourself out of your business so that you can do more of what you love, head on over to theleverageadvantage.com to find out how you can use our leverage system to build a fully automated marketing machine for your business.